following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and no nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show. You get ready now, go don't you? Thank you, Lair Elvis, for once again leading me into this show. This is Dunn's Deal, and this is the place where you get done, and you will have fun being done. I'm having fun being done, so come on board. That's right. Oh, I've got to do my intro. Um, Donald J. Trump is still the president. Joe Biden is a thief, and the election was stolen. And, um, you know, I want to take a look at, at heat, at energy. Yeah, I, I wish it was still snowing out there. I hate rain in the wintertime. You know, it should just, wintertime should always be snowing. I loved it last week when, uh, what did we have, three days of snow in a row? Ah, that was great. But, eh, we got a little bit of rain now. Wash some of the snow away. Make some people happy. But um, Texas got some snow and ice last week, huh? Yeah, they're not used to it. Some people up here in Rhode Island aren't used to it, even though they've been living with it for 20, 30, 40 years. But hey, that's not just the way things go. But Texas is really not used to it. And they got clobbered. Boy, I need a little water. Ah. Uh, I want to take a look at energy today. A whole lot of stuff about energy and electricity. Because what happened in Texas can happen here. Believe it or not. Because if you look at Texas, they've got oil. They've got natural gas. They've got coal. They've got nuclear. And they shut down during a winter freeze. What does Rhode Island have? Oh, we've got wind. They've got wind down there, too. Yeah, yeah, those old windmills, those those work really good, huh? And um, solar, solar, oh, but during the winter, the, the days are kind of short. Maybe you can power solar by the moon or something. But um, I ran into quite a few interesting things. I want to take a look at a presidential document. From the real president. He's not in the Oval Office right now, unfortunately. But this is something that uh, Donald Trump had signed off on. It is an executive order from thir um, number 13920. And let me get to the easy to read one. <clears throat> I, do <clears throat> I, Donald J. Trump, President of the United States of America, find that foreign adversaries are increasingly creating and exploiting vulnerabilities in the United States power bulk system, which provides electricity that supports our national defense, vital emergency services, critical infrastructure, economic way of life. No, I'm not saying that Texas got hit by a foreign adversary. <clears throat> this is Trump looking into the future because we have very old infrastructure here, whether it's electrical infrastructure, whether it's water, sewer, whatever you want, especially in the Northeast, it's 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. Anyhow, let me go on. The bulk power system is a target of those seeking to commit malicious acts against the United States and its people, including malicious cyber attack, uh, attacks, because a successful attack on our bulk power system would present significant risks to our economy, human health, and safety, and would render the United States less capable of acting in its defense of itself and its allies. I further find that unrestricted acquisition or use in the United States of bulk power system electric equipment designed, developed, manufactured, or supplied by persons owned are controlled or subject to the jurisdiction of foreign adversaries augments the ability of foreign adversaries to create and exploit vulnerabilities in the power bulk system. I mean, this, this goes on for a little bit longer, 
but I'm sure you get the idea. Donald Trump was looking to ways to build up the infrastructure. One of the things he kept on talking about and wasn't able to do because Congress didn't want to give him any wins. <clears throat> he wanted to do infrastructure work and uh, it never got done. But what happened in, in Texas should be a wake-up call for all of us. Um, what happened down there in Texas, you know, you had the wind turbines freezing up. You also had natural gas lines freezing up. I mean, you've, you had a, how do I put this politely, uh, you know, an uh, ongoing argument between conservatives and, and liberals, between, like, uh, the Governor Greg Abbott and Bill Gates. Uh, you know, of course, the conservatives are saying that it was because wind power failed, which it did, and it's weak anyhow. And, um, you know, the you know, people like Bill Gates are saying that the natural gas lines froze up. Well, what they don't mention are the 120 clean coal-burning plants that got shut down over the past 10 years by the uh, Department of Energy and specifically by former President Barack Obama. He made it a point to close down coal-fired plants, which work very well during the during the uh, cold. They work. They fire up more easily than natural gas does, and obviously than the wind power. But there are 120 power plants in uh, in Texas that got shut down in the last 10 years. Now imagine that. Do, do we even have one power plant in in uh, Rhode Island? There's got to be one somewhere. I know they closed one down on Brayton Point, but that was in Massachusetts. Um, it's got to be a couple from somewhere. But <clears throat> Rhode Island is very energy deficient. Um, and I want to look into the causes of uh, the Texas debacle down there. And a lot of it has to do with the Environmental Protection Agency. The, no, uh, not the environment. The Department of Energy. The uh, department that you would think would be into producing energy, producing, you know, uh, heat for people in the winter and air conditioning for people in the summertime. Just look at California uh, last year. But... Um, Texas, with all of its resources, with all the minerals that they have there, they had to go and ask permission from the Department of Energy to turn on their power when, when they had a winter storm coming. You know, we, the, the myth of Texas is that it's independent. It doesn't need the rest of the country. Well, it doesn't. If they wanted to, they could just take care of 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 their own energy needs but no they they had to ask permission from the department of energy to crank up the heat when they needed it the most and then they had to wait on the department of energy to get back to them and this is the answer the department of energy sent to them it's a long missive here about uh four pages long i won't go through the whole thing but um Part of it says, and this is in response to a catastrophic freeze-out. To minimize adverse environmental impacts, this order limits operation of dispatched units. They sent diesel-powered units uh, down there to, to help create heat for the people. So they limit the operation of the dispatched units through the times and within the parameters determined by ERCOT, which is the... Um, Energy resource uh, uh, cabal they've got down there um, for the okay anyhow consistent with with good utility practice ERCOT shall exhaust all reasonably and uh, practically available resources including available imports demand response and identified behind the meter generation resources selected to minimize 
an increase in emissions to detect the extent that such resources provide support to maintain the grid reliability, so on and so forth. But they're in the middle of a deep freeze. Now, the Department of Energy is supposed to be helping these people out. And they, they send generators to them, which is nice, but they put limits on it. They want to make sure first you have to get energy from outside sources, some sources outside of Texas. Can't use your own. Can't just fire up those those coal plants that that are sitting dormant. Nope, you've got to take energy in from outside of the state. And they're going to count every uh, kilowatt that, that gets put in there. They want to monitor closely what it is that they use because God forbid, when there's a freeze out, when people are dying uh, from the cold, we can't have any emissions that, that might harm the climate. You know, Mother Earth might, might get mad at us. Uh, here we go. ERCOT shall provide daily notification to the department reporting each generating unit that has been designated to use to, to use the allowance and operated in reliance on the allowances contained in this order. You get the concept here? It's the amount of energy that they're allowed to use, the amount of, of carbon they're allowed to put out, you know, the limit on what they can do while they're freezing. You know, if you ask me, if you're freezing, and you go, you go into a, a cabin or something, there's a bunch of wood in there, you know, in a fireplace. Well, you fire up the fireplace. You make that fire big and roaring, and you sit next to it until you thaw out. You don't worry about what's going up the smokestack. Yeah, I know that's, that's contrary to uh, political thinking nowadays, but... If it's a choice of me freezing to death or me burning off some carbon, <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm going to burn off some carbon. I guess there's some seal up in the North Pole that's going to die because of me, but I'm not going to cry about it. Um, let's see. There's more here. In the event ERCOT identifies a need to exceed other relevant environmental permitting levels, ERCOT shall specifically identify such permitting levels, and the DOE will consider ERCOT's request in good faith. <laughs> They're going to consider it. If you don't have enough fire for the fireplace and, uh, you know, you know, there's more out, out back. We'll get back to you on whether or not you can go out back and get those extra logs that's all on there. Because we don't know. You know, it just... You uh, just might be polluting. Let's see. All entities must comply with environmental requirements to the maximum extent necessary to operate consistent with emergency conditions. These emergency conditions seem to have a lot of allowances and, and not allowance or allowing you to do it. Allowance as in, OK, you can do this much. A lot of limits. You know, from the Department of Energy, the the place where you're supposed to get energy from, but not really. Oh, and the other thing about, um, let's see, there's a price on this energy that, that's coming in. This incremental amount of restricted capacity would be offered at a price no lower than $1,500 a megawatt. Once ERCOT declares that such an EEA level two or level three event has ended, the unit is required to return to operation within the permitted limits. Yada da 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 da. The uh, fifteen hundred dollars a megawatt—that's about two and a half times the uh, regular amounts that they'd be charging to their customers. Um, 
and that's where it starts. That's the base that they're going to charge them at. I don't know if I brought the article with me or not. Uh, there was some guy that was paying like $400 to heat his whole house, and it turned into an $8,000 um, charge. Uh, it looks like I didn't bring that one with me. But the Department of Energy is not about energy. It's about controlling you. And uh, there's more stuff on the Department of Energy I want to get to. But first, uh, let's take a little break. Ooh, let's go to London calling as soon as I... You know, it's been a whole week. I've almost forgotten. Let's see. you got to go up with this. Right there. F3. The United States of Empire by James Dunn shows how the U.S. became a worldwide empire. It looks at the entry of the U.S. into both world wars. George Washington had warned us about entangling ourselves in European wars. Before World War I, the United States was not concerned with foreign conflicts. In World War I, we changed the balance of power in Europe. We went in to save the world for democracy. We expelled the German Kaiser and imposed our own idea of what Germany should look like. Propaganda painted the Kaiser as the evil Hun that was destroying civilization. So when the true barbarian rose to power, Hitler, how could we avoid being drawn in again? We saved Great Britain. Britain needed us again in World War II to save their bacon. We bought the hog. Now we are the empire. The book, The United States of Empire, in paperback, is available at Amazon.com. Here's author James Dunn to talk about his soon-to-be-printed next book. The King Philip's War in New England in 1675 defined the relations, for good or bad, between English settlers and Native Americans for centuries to come. Many of the battles are local to the Blackstone Providence area with long-forgotten memorials and grave sites. Smithfield was the Battle of Nipsichuk. The Battle of Sudbury in Sudbury, Mass. was a turning point. Mount Hope in Bristol, Rhode Island was the home of King Philip and the Wampanoag tribe. The Connecticut River Valley was a scene of many bloody encounters between the English and the Nipmuc tribe. South Kingston, Rhode Island, saw the Great Swamp Battle slash Massacre. One Englishman stands out in this brutal conflict. He dared to learn to fight like the Indians did and won the war for the English. He was Captain Benjamin Church in the book, Captain Benjamin Church and the King Philip's War. Okay, well, it looks like the Battle of Jutland is not coming up right now. That's okay, we'll deal with that later. Welcome back. This is Dunn's Deal. Let me throw out the phone numbers. I've got more stuff about the Department of Energy because it's winter time. It's nice to be warm when you're inside in the winter, huh? Phone number is 7690600. And if you're calling from out of state, you can call at 1-800-949-9674. On the other local numbers, 766-1380, of course. So, um, oh, there was a reason why I read that that piece about uh, Donald Trump, the uh, executive order. Uh, there's there's a weakness about executive orders is that the next the following president can just wipe out your executive order. You know, if you really want it to be permanent, you need to pass things through Congress. Uh, a president can do a lot, but then the next president can come in and wipe out what you've just done. And Joe Biden has, oh, what's his executive order number up to now? 50? <laughs> People aren't even counting anymore. But one of his executive orders wiped out the executive order that uh, Donald Trump had, had uh, signed off on, the one that protected, the one that wanted to 
increase the the ability of our infrastructure. Uh, shows you what Joe Biden and crew really think of this country. They don't care if the infrastructure is weak and open to attack by others. But it doesn't matter. It's not like Joe was bought by um, China or anything like that, you know. His son wasn't getting multi-million dollars in um, in money, uh, in, in bags. He wasn't getting a cut of his son Hunter's uh, uh, money. Um, no, no. <laughs> He's all up and up. And that article, or those series of articles in the New York Post, they were never written. <laughs> Anyhow, before I go on, it looks like there's someone on the line here, and we shall see what's on his mind. Ooh, feedback. It's feedback. killing. Hey. Yeah, excuse me while I kiss the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. Gracious. You know, I just got out of my third 30-day ban in a row on Facebook. They're censoring us <laughs> left and right. I've been hearing horror stories from people who've got a 60-day ban for something they posted on their personal timeline a decade ago. So, a if you like ago. Trump, uh, you're on eggshells there, let me tell you. That's how the media is going. This is how the media plays out things. And, look, for example, this uh, deep freeze in Texas, they weren't ready for it. They should have been. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, well, Sleepy Joe, he's taking his nappy time. He took the whole <laughs> week off. And he finally declares a state of emergency down in Texas. Well, gee, Willikers, what took you so long? Did your nappy time, did, did this disaster get uh, interrupted your, your beauty sleep, Mr. Joe Biden? Hey, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is going to go down there with money. You know, <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the old like, adage... You know Beware of geeks bearing gifts, you know? <laughs> well, you, well, you know what people are going to do with that money? Okay, they're freezing so hard down there, they're going to toss it in their stoves and burn it just to keep warm. Okay? I've, I've, I think they're actually starting <laughs> but, to thaw out now, but, but yeah. <laughs> but, but let me, let me, let me, let's go back, let's go in the way back machine. I'm Mr. Peabody, okay? Oh, okay, okay. Sherman, uh, right? that makes me Sherman. So yeah, that makes you sure, but yes. Let's go back into the uh, Wayback Machine, and we go back to a time one year ago, I think about today or yesterday or tomorrow, where the world first learned about COVID-19. Yes. Oh, the, you know, China... Do you, you know, have your mask on? Or do you uh, have two in my, masks? In my own house? It's got to be, of, of course. Yes. No, no. Oh, you know, that's it, it. The COVID police are coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if Dr. Frodsky makes me wear a whole box of masks, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go down there and kick his butt. Okay? But here, here, if you, you recall, a year ago, okay, uh, we learned about the COVID virus because China, you know, they, they covered it up and they told the World Health Organization, which Trump wisely got out of, to keep their mouths shut about it. Now we're it, back in. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I know. See? Huh? Okay. Uh, you know, that, that gave the virus a firm grip hold on the population. Yes. Okay. Now, Trump, he started action the very day he heard about what was going on. He banned travel to and from China. Oh, he's a racist. Oh, racist. racist. <laughs> Orange man, bad. But he wanted to keep the virus out of this country. You get, you get Nancy Pelosi in Chinatown. Oh, come on, come on, we, we, we get, we get fortune cookies. Yeah, yeah, come on down to Chinatown. There's a million people here. You don't have to wear a mask. Okay, yeah, it is like that. Okay, yep. but you know darn well, you know darn well, if President Trump was reelected, if he, he was, was had, didn't have the. <laughs> The election stolen. The first thing he would have done when he heard about what's the situation in Texas, he would have gotten his tush off his chair in the Oval Office, and his butt would have been in Dallas, Texas, the next day or the very same day. And if he couldn't get Air Force One to do it, I'm sure he would have put, used his own private jet. Yeah, he, 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 he would have would. had the Department of Energy cut all those regulations and just tell tell Texas fire yeah. it up. It, <laughs> Yeah, in an emergency situation like this. Now, now we got people who literally froze to death. Yeah, billions literally. of dollars in damage. Billions of dollars in damages from all the frozen pipes and busted pipes. Yeah, I see pictures on Facebook of people, you know, with icicles coming down from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah not it's, it's it. sad. Yeah, 
Yeah, you, you, you don't put insulation in down there, you know? It's just not needed. Well, it's, normally you don't, but now, well, you know what? Maybe you should, because look what's going on. They were facing sub-zero weather in Dallas and Fort Worth. Yeah. They, they're not used to this stuff, but it happened, and it can yep. happen again. Yeah, yeah. well, and, you know, it's once in a decade, or it's been decades since this has happened. Well, that means that decades ago it did happen, so it can happen, and yeah. it will happen. <laughs> it will. Uh, this is global warming for you, isn't it? And Sleepy Joe, you know, he's he goes, he'd sleep at the switch a week a week and a half later. Well, come on, man. I'm going to declare a state of emergency. Come on, man. I got to get my... I gotta get my beauty sleeping, and I got three twelve-year-old girls' hairs to sniff. Why should I worry about taxes? Yeah. Okay. And and you know what? You you have to think. I don't know if I did it on your show, uh, but what I did, I I, I did it on John Deere's show, and I think I had Larry Poitras. And this was a real thing. I had a fresh, one crisp one hundred dollar bill. Okay. Ben Franklin was smiling that day. I got on both sense. shows, <laughs> and I told people, okay. Broadcast all over Rhode Island, Southern Mass. If you can call either one of these shows and give one, just one, just one, just one, one. That's all, that's all I want. One thing that Biden did good as president, or even, even in the past 47 years of his void, okay? Yeah, yeah in the Senate, you'd have to say. I would drive down to WNRI. I would hand Rockin' Dick Bouchard that $100 bill wrapped in an envelope with a bow on it and I'd say congratulations. And you know how many takers I got? He took guns okay. away. He, he, I he disarmed there, people. You know? yeah, not one person, good... not one person could up, come up with anything. And I told, I did, I did qualify the, that, that, that uh, disaster of a crime bill that he sponsored. That doesn't count because that put so so many people in prison for Neanderthal sentences oh, for low-level crimes. Yeah. That was a disaster. Outside of that, uh, let me ask you, have you, can you tell me at least, I'll even give it to you, can you tell me one, well, don't make a, don't make anything up here because I'm going to fact check this, but <laughs> can you, can you come up with just one little smidgen thing? He sniffed a lot of hair. Well, that doesn't count. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it does in his world. Hey, callers, oh thanks. Yep. I got to go. <laughs> yeah, we're in for a long four years, uh, Mr. Dunn. Let's just pray for the nation. It's, it's going to be two years, but don't get me started on that story. <laughs> okay. All right. Have a great night. Okay. Thank you for the call. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. Back to the Department of, <laughs> Department of Energy. And... Um, I've got an article here about new additions to the Department of Energy. The administration appointees joining the DOE are welcomed. <laughs> we are thrilled to welcome the diverse group of professionals to the department that is already hard to, to <laughs> work. Yeah, right. To advance President Biden's bold climate agenda, the chief of staff, Taras uh, Shah, said... Okay, so these passionate public servants will bring their energy and talent to deliver an equitable, clean energy economy that will create millions of good-paying jobs and benefit workers and communities in all parts of America. Yeah. Okay, that and two fifty to get you a cup of coffee at uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, this is the money line here, though. These newest additions join a growing team that reflects the administration's commitment to diversity. To date, the Department of Energy's political appointees include over 60% who identify as BIPOC. What's BIPOC, you might ask? It's uh, black, indigenous, and people of color. 60% as women. 20% as LGBTQ XRZ, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Where is the information in this about people that know the energy business? I'll tell you. 16, 16 new hirees, no, I mean 20 new hirees, 16 of them with no energy experience. A couple of them worked down in Georgia. Hmm. Okay. Laviana La Felder, no energy experience. 
She's going to work at the department. This is the Department of Energy now. Hirees for the Department of Energy. Miles Fernandez, no energy experience. Uh, let's see. Julius Goldberg Lewis, no energy experience. Robert Golden, hey, hey, Golden is Golden. He's got some wind experience. He previously was a deputy chief of staff for Ortston's Offshore Wind Division in North America, where he started as a manager for strategy and business development. Prior to joining Ortsted, Golden worked at McKinsey in the sustainability practice and in the Obama administration in the White House for the Office of Energy and Climate Change. Oh, and he's a proud member of the LGBTQ, XRZ, QRS, all that stuff. Then there's Vanessa Grisco, no energy experience. Uh, and remember, this is for the Department of Energy. And I could imagine, you know, they may want to have a couple people in, in public relations, you know, but... You don't need 16 new people in the public public relations department. Uh, Christina Ho, no energy. No Ho energy. Kate Hurley, no energy experience. Uh, Kevin Leo, no energy experience. Anthony Martinez, no energy experience. Oh, wait a minute. I think there's something special about this guy, though. Uh, that's under Anthony Martinez. Let's see. He holds a BA in political science for the universe, from the University of California, Berkeley, and an AA in photography from Mount St. Uh, Jacinto Community College. And Martinez is a proud military spouse. Oh, oh, oh. raise the flag, salute it, you know. Oh, boy, just what the Department of Energy needs. Somebody with a camera. Next is Sandy Rains. Uh, she has no energy experience. Juliana Rodriguez, no energy experience. Hannah Schnazer, no energy experience. Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 she does have some. Uh, excuse me, my mistake. At, oh, no, she's going into the Office of Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy, uh, but she has worked as staff service analysis at the California Energy Commission. Okay. Oh, I, I did write energy down on this one. I thought she was a no energy one. So we do have somebody that has some experience there. Kevin Slevin. Oh, Kristen Slevin. Kevin Slevin, that'd be a terrible name. He's got no energy experience. Jacob Smith, no energy experience. Sarah Steele, no energy experience. And Frances Swanson has some. Let's see. She was previously a solar justice research fellow at MW Power in Oregon. And last but not least, there's Natalie Tham, who has some experience. Tham worked as an engineer for a commercial drone startup where she provided technical and program support for inspections of wind turbines and solar panel fields and all that sort of stuff. So, but 16 out of 20 people that the Biden-Harris administration are bragging about for the Department of Energy that deals with energy have no energy experience. And that's who we're trusting the power grid to. And this, in case you didn't hear it, this news came out last week. About a guy that was working for Charlie Parker. Did I say Charlie Parker or Charlie Baker? Charlie Parker is what uh, what the uh, thief-in-chief calls uh, Charlie Baker. This is a guy by the name of, where is his name at? I think it's Ismay. Uh, there we go. David Ismay. He is the Massachusetts Undersecretary for Climate Change. And he was talking with people from Vermont. You know, Massachusetts and Vermont were talking. And um, he was discussing ways to reduce, uh, you know, excess output and all that sort of stuff. So, 
messages under Secretary for Climate Change. Uh, he was in a meeting with the Vermont Climate Council back in January where he admitted that when it comes to the big climate offenders in their region, there are no bad guys left to break. Ismay went on to say that now the only ones left to break are the people. Yeah, he, he really did say that. In other words, any company that's uh, emitting carbon or anything like that. And by the way, carbon is, excuse me, is plant food. People breathe out carbon. Plants breathe it in. They exhale uh, oxygen. You know, that's a very um, simple way of explaining photosynthesis. But carbon is plant food. But it's now a poison. We're going to kill the earth with carbon. Anyhow, getting back to what uh, Ismay is talking about here. I know one thing that we found in our analysis that 60% of our emissions come from, as I have started to say to you and me, except you guys are in Vermont, 60% of our emissions come from residential heating and passenger vehicles. Let me say that again. 60% of our emissions that need to be reduced come from you, the person on your street, the senior on fixed income. Right now, there is no bad guy left, at least in Massachusetts, to point the finger at and turn the screws on and, and to break their will so they stop emitting. That's you. We will have to break your will. You got that? You are evil. You must stop using heat in the winter and air conditioning in the summer. You must stop driving. You must never fly again. Now, the writer of this article says, if you are shocked that a public official would not only admit out loud that they were... They, they happily broke the back of job-producing industries in their state, but that they now need to break the back of the average American. You're not alone. Ismay himself seemed surprised at the words coming out of his mouth and in a stunning admission told attendees that he knew this was not something that he could say out loud in public. Ismay said, I can't even say that publicly. Now, thank God somebody leaked that on him because that is what the people, that list of people in, uh, in, in the Energy Department, at the Environmental Protection Agency, all those alphabet soup things down in Washington, you are the problem to them. You are deplorable. You are a detestable. You are a domestic terrorist. And worse than a domestic terrorist, you're even a terrorist to Mother Earth herself. That's all right. You can, you can join my crew. Get on my ship. We'll raise the Jolly Roger, and we shall sail. Land ho! Dunn of Dunn's Deal is producing go. his first video documentary. Here he is to tell you about the documentary that he has written. The Battle of Jutland is a sea battle in World War I that has long been forgotten, but it was instrumental in the start of that conflict. Most historians are familiar with the killing of Archduke Ferdinand in Serbia, claiming that that was the reason for the war. That was only a flashpoint. The naval buildup by Germany at the turn of the 20th century was the real reason for it. Germany dared to challenge Britain on the high seas. There was only one major naval battle in the war, the Battle of Jutland. 
Germany bested Britain, but still lost. Then they decided to re-engage in submarine warfare, something that was sure to bring the United States into the war. Watch for the documentary of a shrouded piece of history that shaped the 20th century. Okay, welcome back to Seamus' land. <laughs> I keep wanting to go back there. Dunsdale. Phone number here is 769-0600-766-1380. And it looks like we have someone here that wants to weigh in, so let's see what's on their mind. Go ahead, caller. I want your opinion on something. Part of this COVID bill they're passing, it includes, I forgot how many millions, for an underground railway <laughs> in California from Los Angeles to the Facebook uh, building. Do you think that's necessary? Are you, uh, do you lean Democrat or Republican? Either one, whoever goes for that, left well, that in there. They've they've always been doing this. Um, uh, you look at the past bills that they they passed. Uh, the, the last relief bill, uh, not the one in front of them now, but the last one, there was millions, billions, yeah, not billions, but hundreds of millions of dollars going to foreign countries to something that was supposed to help Americans out. So. Um, that's that's why we have to uh, throw these bums out. Oh, definitely. You know, because uh, that money could go instead to Texas and help those people with those bills. I heard one woman on TV, it, it bills are running a thousand electric, a thousand dollars a day. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, well, they, they, they could reduce that with, you know, with a stroke yeah. of, of a pen, as Obama used to say. I mean, those are, those are, I mean, <laughs> gouging. If, if after a hurricane, I charge $10 a gallon for gas, I'm going to be accused of being, of gouging, and uh, I'll probably get in trouble from the attorney general here. Well, Texas's attorney general needs to get on the ball and reduce these these prices. You know. Uh, oh yes, and and then as far as the state uh, thing to vote for, you look at some of those beaches in Narragansett. They're jam packed, and you have to pay to get on them. Why they uh, want to float upon to uh, improve the beaches? I don't know, but that's that's getting a little off of uh, where I, I wanted to go to tonight. Oh, okay. I'll let you go. Okay. okay. Thank you for the call, though. You're welcome. Very Bye -bye. nice talking to you. Take care. Should hmm. turn that down. Turn that off before I disengage the phone, I guess. So, anyhow, so much stuff here. So much. <laughs> Lighten it up a little bit. What, are, what about those Muppets? Aren't they just the most racist, sexist, homophobic bunch of, of puppets you've ever seen? And that Jim Henson. I hear he was a closet member of the KKK. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think they're going to tar and feather the whole crew. And then they're going to fry a big bird. Big bird's got some big legs, so uh, we'll be having uh, <laughs> buffalo wings for a long time. <laughs> oh, trying to lighten things up, but there's a, a very heavy thing that uh, I should mention. Uh, Rush Limbaugh has passed away. King of talk radio. Um... He blazed a trail for uh, for a ton of us. I know I tried to copy his style, and I wasn't good at his style, so, but I'll do it my way. And uh, 30 years on the radio, 30 years doing his show, five days a week. And uh, he made a mint at it, but he also <laughs> served the public good. He was out there, and he... Gave the conservative spin for so long. Conservative spin. I don't even like that term, spin. He gave the conservative point of view and articulated it like 
almost nobody had before. William Buckley was was good at articulating uh, the conservative cause, but he didn't have the outreach that uh, Rush Limbaugh had. So God bless him and his family, and uh, and I guess God called your talent back home. Found that article I was looking for about the Texas residents, and that's what the lady was just talking about before. Texas resident still has power, but now his bill is over $8,000. And, no, oh, <laughs> previous to uh, to the winter shutdown, his last bill was $387. So from $387 to actually the, the actual amount was $7,700. That's quite a bite. Quite a bite. And uh, before I, I have to cut out of here, I do want to touch on another dismal failure by the Supreme Court. Um, there, there was a case that came up to them. Re- remember how cases were brought to them before the election to take a look at, at how uh, Pennsylvania or Georgia was, were handling their their campaigns, uh, not the campaigns, but handling the elections, and the judges refused to see it. And they, they said, you don't have standing, or they, they didn't look at the reasons, they didn't look at the merits of the case, they just found a technicality to say, no, we won't even look at this. And the Supreme Court did that again. Uh, looks like I got another caller here, so let's go to the phone and find out what's going on. Hello, caller. What's on your mind? No, not much. It's crazy power plant guy. Oh, it goes to I, sh- I figured you'd be calling tonight. Oh man, it drives me crazy. I, I was one of. I was one of the. I, I I hate to say this, but I was one of the people. Obviously, that uh, Gina Raimondo. She wanted to build that power plant. I'll tell you what. I wanted that power plant built. But for a totally different reason. Nowhere even close. Okay, how many power plants are there in Rhode Island? Not very many. You got uh, Broad Rock, you got Rise, uh, you got Ocean State Power, uh, uh, you got, uh, you got, uh, there's another one they don't run anymore. Uh, it used to run the tar plant, uh, uh, Paducah. Bucket power, we used to call it. Bucket power. And then there's a handful of other ones, but there's nothing that really makes any big power. I, the I biggest one so. is Rise and Ocean State. Ocean State runs nonstop. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's a side point. What, what'd you call about besides power? I'm just calling about, I got to build power plants. Everybody's against building power plants. Look what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Texas shut down 120 of them. Yeah. Not unreal. But all our plants around here are winterized. Everything's heat traced. Well, you've got to. I mean, that, that goes without saying up here. Yeah. Well, look at these. Look at all. Like, it's a joke. It's like I couldn't even believe it. I'm like, oh, look at all. Oh, man. I got to call the control room, one of the plants I work out. And they're like, ah, look at all these weirdos, you know. And I'm like, really? <laughs> they can't even keep their power plants running. Yeah. It's it's incredible, but there. Okay, you've been in the power industry, right? Oh do, yeah, long do, time. Do you have a lot of restrictions on what you can do, how you can generate the uh, power? Oh, it all depends. What do you what do you what do you mean when you say that? <laughs> well, I, I, I was hoping you'd be able to inform me. I mean, it looks. Oh well, from, all from right. Reading, so, reading all right, the, if you have like. Uh, if let's say you're a gas generator, all right. Yeah. So <clears throat> you're taking gas off a pipeline, all right. Yeah. Basically, like kind of the way it works is, you go into this pool. So are you cold start? Are you? So can you start when it's frigid weather? You're in New England. You have to say yes. Can you do a full black start? Full black start means can you start without power? Do you have generators on site to start the power plant? So you can make power. Boom, that's the next step. Now, what kind of fuel can you run off? Can you run off your fuel oil or can you run off a natural gas? If you can run off a bulb, boom, boom, that's called a cogen. And then you can just work your way up from there. 
And uh, are you willing to do peak shaving? Peak shaving is when the power goes up and you turn on. How long does it take you to turn on? That's another benefit. And then it just gets better and better from there. If, if you build a power plant that where you can turn on real fast and then you can, and you can do whatever you need to do to control the grid, you get paid more and more and more money. Because all these power plants are quote unquote privately owned. They are? Yeah. What yeah. are you talking about here in Rhode Island? Yeah. Uh, okay. Like National Grid doesn't own the power plants. They own they own the grid system. So uh, like uh, Ethos Energy and you got Nextera, you got all these different entities which are investment groups, and they actually own all the power plants. And they'll sign some of them will sign contracts, and they'll get certain power rates. But if you're a complete entity. You can, uh, like a good example is Bellingham. Bellingham Power, they built the power plant. It was a private family. They built it for $36 million. This is the whole story. They built the entire power plant for $36 million. And they made all their money back. And this is going back to 1990. Made all their money back in like two years. Okay. I'm running out of time here, but uh, what do you think about Texas? The joke. <laughs> so you're not moving down there anytime soon. No, it's just it's just like really, come on, people. We got to realize, like, power is power, man. Got I don't know. I don't even. I don't even know how to respond to the fiasco down there. But like, what do you say? What it's a, a joke. Well, they've they've got their own resources and they should use them until the the. Yeah. You know, the Department of Energy to go pound sand. But uh, I got to get going. I'm running All right, thank you, brother. No, thank I'll you keep in touch. Call again. Crazy power plant guy. Okay. I can tell you more about why their, uh, their lines clogged up. That's really funny. Okay, I don't think we have time for that now, though. Yep, that's fine. Next thank time. You. Yep, thank you. Okay. So the whole show today has been about power, which is an important thing in the wintertime. Power, energy, heat, you know. I like uh, the winter, but it's good when it's outside because you can go out there and enjoy what you want to enjoy. And, uh, you know, and then you can come in and have your hot cocoa and just have all sorts of uh, fun by the fireplace, you know. But... Um, Hope you've been thinking warm thoughts on this rainy night. I wish it was snowing. Wintertime is supposed to snow. Yeah, not everyone agrees with me on that. Not even the producer. He's about to hit me in the head for uh, saying the nasty thing like, in the winter it's supposed to snow. So, you're a mean guy. I've been told about you. This is Dunn's deal. I'll be back next Monday. Have fun and stay warm. Oh, we got another 34 seconds to go. Thank you for listening to James Dunn and Dunn's Deal. Join James next Monday at 6.05 following the USA Radio News, 1380 AM, 99.9 FM. This is the voice of the Blackstone Valley, WNRI, Woonsocket.